This episode of Slapcast is proudly sponsored by Manifest Media. Building a brand is hard, but Manifest Media is here to help you improve your social channels and digital marketing strategies. Visit manifestmedia.info for more information. And welcome back to Slapcast. This is episode 8 of our coverage of the 2021-22 season. I'm your host, Gage, as usual, and on this lovely night, I am joined by a few gentlemen, one of which has just emerged, as he's told me before the show, from the homework dimension, uh, and that would be Ethan. Hello, Ethan. Hello, I've returned. How was your time in the alternate dimension? Every minute, I wanted to kill myself, let's just say that. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) the... I was in the grind, the grind set today too, dude. It was, it was like full Monday back from the long weekend. Um, well, let's just say that um, I had to take a test, and let me present one of the questions I had to answer. <laughs> the categorical imperative must be obeyed, even to the sacrifice of all natural inclinations and socially acceptable standards. True or false? Like yeah, media ethics. Dude, that's definitely true. I, I, I don't remember right, what you asked, so... I think every word in that sentence had more than five syllables, and that was like... <laughs> I know. Yeah, I, I forgot, just I forgot what you right asked. Now. It probably just sounded like... Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> well, as you've also heard, um, Josh has decided to grace us with his presence this week as well. Josh, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm thriving. I'm chipper. How about that? There's a word for you. And as well, uh, you might have heard Reese. Hello, Reese. Hello. What alternate dimension are you emerging from today? The Pokemon dimension. (laughs) That game looks insane. It's really cool. That is a perfect segue. Okay. If you could live in any fictional world, what would it be? Oh, now this is a great question. This is a tough one. Because I don't know if this is my real answer, but my mind is already on Pokemon. Yeah, <laughs> because I was, I was just talking say. about it. This one is hard because you have to balance out what are the chances I'm going to die from just some stupid... Like, <laughs> I'm going to go stupid. with Attack on Titan. <laughs> <laughs> you have died of dysentery. Um, I'm going to go du- with... The dummy thing, Titan. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to go with, uh, well, my first inclination would actually be Stormlight Archive, but nobody knows what that is, so I'm not going to say it. Um, but I, my real answer, or my, my like secondary answer would be Star Wars, just because I would, now, you look um, at me like that, but I'm not saying, I'm not going to live in Mos Eisley, because I would get, like, killed. Like I know, I'm but... caught up on Boba Fett, by the way. Oh, let's go, bro. Ooh. Okay, we we gotta we yeah. are gonna talk spoilers right now, but we definitely will. Um, not on the show, don't yeah. worry, people. But we. Uh... Off the show. So, one thing about Star Wars is the fact that there's literally there's been three different things that can destroy at least one planet in like ten seconds. That's my thing about Star Wars. It's like the chances of me dying well... aren't like too bad i would i would want to live like prequels era coruscant i think that would be kind of dope 
Okay. I think you'd be good until like, like pre. If you live in a, the prequel era, you're probably gonna like have to deal with living with the Empire. Yeah, but I mean, if I'm in the middle class on Coruscant, I mean, you know, it's, uh, it'll be. Right. You won't it's get any right. of the. Yeah. You won't get any of the Nazis. Who cares about morals, Empire? right? <laughs> um, I'm gonna change my answer. I've thought of one. I'm gonna go with the sleeper. Okay, Gage might be with me on this one after I say it. I'm going into Wizard 101. Dude, no doubt about it. I feel it. like <laughs> I feel like the game version is not is not accurate to how it would be to like actually live in that world, right? I'm just like a magician roaming around the towns. That's what I'm saying. You enroll in Ravenwood and just have nice music playing and following you around all day. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm just trying to be a wizard, I, really. My argument doesn't really help with the whole Star Wars thing, but with my answer, the Lord of the Rings, I feel like, would be a pretty cool place to live. Yeah, yeah I, I thought about that, too. Just kind of any fantasy world, to be honest. You're an elf. You're living that good life. Or, or if even you live like in Hobbit. Gondor under Aragorn's, like... Rain. I, w- I would want to be a hobbit. Are you out of your mind? A what? You're a hobbit. You're living oh, the good life. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Lay around and eat food all the time, basically. Like, and drink. Yeah. <laughs> and smoke pipe weed. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yeah. But um, Josh is taking us on a journey. To He's he's now getting his dinner out of the oven. Which is very exciting for all of us. It's vegan cheeseburger empanadas. What? Uh, yeah, Ethan. I what fictional world would you want to live in? <laughs> yeah, I mean, when I think of this question, I immediately think of like Pokemon, um, just because it's it'd be cool to have like Pokemon. But um, I would also either say Harry Potter or this is weird because like it's very like there's a lot of villains in Dragon Ball that would want to kill you. Josh just burned his damn finger. Yeah, he you can't did. see it, but let me just <laughs> let me describe it to you. But um, there's like a lot of cool, like different kinds of people in Dragon Ball, and there's the universe is like pretty, or the universes are pretty co- complex. So I guess one of those three, probably mostly Pokemon. Yeah, nice. Josh is a good solid answer. No, he's it's like play by play. on a banana. Man, he's absolutely chomping on it. <laughs> He just ate that banana in two, two bites, bites for the listeners. For the visually impaired. <laughs> yeah. Which is everyone because this is an audio only show now because my uh my computer doesn't like to record the screen and I'm still working on Whoa, the Whoa, Josh Josh is getting naked, what? <laughs> this is like real time description as You'll never know if we're stuff. telling the truth or not. Here we just... are, I swear. <laughs> yeah. So but aside from, uh, well, the fictional world I would like to live in is the world where Spurs win a trophy. Um, and watch this for a segue, by the way. Watch. They're yeah. on, well on their way to winning the FA Cup with a victory over Brighton at the weekend. How about that? Um, so, yeah. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to transition now into talking about the FA Cup roundup for, uh, for the weekend. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought... I've got a question to start you off with that game. Uh, before you get into the actual performance, uh, what did you make of the debuts from uh, Bettenker and... Uh... Kulisevsky. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll obviously talk a little bit about this in the transfer section too, but 
I think so. Kulisevsky came on with he got about half an hour. Um, he came on at the 60th minute. Game was pretty much already won at the at the point that he came on because it was right after Sun scored. Um, our or uh, sorry, Kane scored our third goal. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think Kulisevsky is an interesting player because my first assessment of him during this game was that he's. I don't want to call him slow, but he is slow for an inside forward. Uh, but he makes up for it with some really well-weighted passes. Uh, he he pl- played a couple of passes into um, Bergwijn first and then Kane that were really like perfectly weighted passes. Um, probably should have had a couple of assists, but both of them missed their chances. Um, and yeah, I, I think he... He already shown he's already shown that uh, he really likes to cut inside and take a curling shot with his left foot because um, he did try that once during the game. That's sort of his trademark type um, thing. My only concern with him so far is that he seems. I mean, granted, we've gotten exactly thirty minutes of game time with him, but the only thing I am going to watch for in the future, I'll say, is that he seems a little bit reluctant to use his right foot to cross, um, which I think is one option that we need because if he cuts inside all the time it'll just be overly predictable i feel like but um uh yeah who did he who did they come on for so kulisevsky came on for lucas um lucas didn't have a great game so i was i wasn't too upset to see him uh withdrawn um and i think that is where kulisevsky will play is on that right inside forward role and then benson kerr came on for um winks which makes sense. Um, okay. I, I know your history with the Winks. Um, is, are, are you hoping that those signings will take over for the people in those spots? I think Kulisevsky like right probably just provides a, a really different alternative to Lucas. So I think they're two almost exact opposite players as far as the role that they can perform as a right inside forward. And so I don't necessarily... I think eventually one of them will cement the starting spot, but for now I think it's okay to like rotate and, and sub them in for each other, um, like even during the games, you know, kind of as needed. Because um, if, if we're struggling to break a team down with uh, Kulisevsky's creative passing, then maybe we just need some pace from Lucas and we can bring him on. Um, as far as Benton Kerr is concerned, we got to see even less of him because he came on later, but... I think that the end goal should be for him to start in the midfield. I think my ideal midfield partnership, if we're talking 3-4-3, would be Benton Kerr and Skip. I think that would be my ideal partnership. Um, But I think throughout this season, you'll probably see various combinations of Skip, Benton Kerr, Hoybier, and Winks um, just kind of across the season. Because they all profile pretty similarly, really. and again, the creativity in Conte's system comes from the system. So, you know, it kind of enables them to be a little bit more workmanlike than maybe you would have in another system. But, I, yeah, I think it could be a good a good transitional period for the Spurs midfield. And uh, regarding the actual game, I'll just kind of glaze over stuff a little bit. I thought Spurs looked really good in possession, which is the first time I've said that in quite quite some time. Um, especially coming off such a long break. Usually Spurs have a hard time getting going after a long break. Uh, but Kane looked back to his best. 
Like, this was vintage Harry Kane in this game. Um, he scored an absolutely delicious curler um, in the 13th minute, which was really just, like, looked like something he would have scored five years ago. Um, and then he scored a really hard-working striker's goal where the ball kind of popped free after a really good run by Sun, and uh, he basically slide-tackled the ball into the net. Um, so, and then Emerson Royale had a decent game as well, um, put in a cross that ended up deflecting in for an own goal. That was the second goal. And, um, yeah, the other thing that I wanted to say was uh, Christian Romero came back uh, from injury, and my goodness, is he a player. I have forgotten just how good he actually is, and under Conte, I think he's a scary player. I, I like I think as a center back, he is impossible to play against. I think he's such an asset to the team, and I think we could be looking at like one of the world-class center backs in, uh, to come in the future if this performance was anything to go by um, because he's ridiculously good. So... Yeah, honorable mention for Brighton is Yves Basuma. Um, I really hope he's not a sex offender because he is really, yeah. really good at football. Um, After that game, there was a billion Arsenal fans uh, once again saying, please sign him, please sign him. And then finally, I was just reading those. I was like, uh... <laughs> and then finally somebody jumped in and was like, all the Arsenal fans saying this need to do a little bit of research and realize that there is a current ongoing investigation... Yeah. Yeah, I really hope it's not true because he is so good. He completely controls the play. Um, and yeah, he scored as well. Massive deflection on off of Hoybier, but um, yeah, he's, he did get a goal on the day. So uh, yeah, I think that's probably an adequate wrap-up for, um, for the Spurs-Brighton game, I would say. So you're welcome, Ethan. We've got Brighton in the bin and... Uh, Palace won their tie as well, so it's a perfect weekend for you, I'd say. Yeah, um, we had Hartlepool this weekend. Um, I think, yeah, it was a weekend. And it was pretty routine. Um, I was not expecting too much of a difficult game from them. Um, I feel like we did have a nice little um, like back and forth with them because not during the game, but before uh, the Hartlepool manager's wife has been having trouble with cancer and Palace um, was able to raise some money for her because, um, you know, Hartlepool, they're League 2, so they don't get much funding down there. And um, we gave a lot of their fans, uh, we, we gave more allocation to them so that a lot more fans were able to come. And then we covered their transportation and everything. So I think it was a nice little thing to do. Yeah, fair play, um, yeah. But, um, Palace just like the good guy. Just being like a good, like the ownership just doing good stuff. Like the earlier in the week with the uh, post release, like, what is it called exactly? Where post release, like, academy helping. separation package or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. Was it. It's, it was basically a, um, if an academy player is released, um, they get like a three year post release thing where they can, like, be able to take care of themselves. So, um, if they're trying football somewhere else or if they're actually trying to branch out into the real world. Um, not that football is not, not real world. Um, it's not. I... <laughs> <laughs> it's own thing. Yeah. Um, anyways, back to the game. Uh, uh, Mark Gahey scored um, within four minutes um, with an Elise delivery on a free kick. Um, and then Elise scored another great goal. He's been our 
or the player that's really stepped up since Zaha's gone to AFCON. Um, and so I think he might take over for IU on the wing. Um, but yeah, it was just a pretty routine game. Um, we got to see some players play that haven't played in a long time, like Martin Kelly, my man. Yeah. What? He was, he was class, man. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so glad he played and he did well. I feel like he deserved that. But yeah, he was good. Um, and it was fine. It was They, they didn't really offer too much um, to be nervous about. So yeah, it was pretty fine. Um, now we've got stoked to look forward to so at home again so um that one will be a little bit more competitive but um i'm pretty sure we can route them pretty easily please beat them i hate stoke so much (laughs) yeah i got you hopefully that's i guess that's not up to me to decide unless they ask me i'll tell them to win well josh um i think the buck has Uh, come around to you now hey welcome to the club man it's a, that's a different club. That's like an entirely different what we did. So I don't even know, like the lead up to the game. Like Nottingham aren't like a massive rival, but this is like the first like derby we've had with them in eight years. Like we haven't played them since we were in the championship with them. Like, and we turn up like this. I will say Forrest played an amazing game. Like, if you haven't seen the fourth goal, like the finish from it, it was so we. I try to describe it for you and I didn't see it. He's basically like threw on goal because Daniel Marty's a sack of fucking potatoes, and <laughs> he goes in and he looks like he's about to finish it on his uh his right. Like he's gonna like lean away from lean to his left and like finish towards the uh, near post. Then he like before he does that, he like toe pokes it. No, got, gets it, like, outside the boot with his right foot instead of, like, leaning away and bends it around Danny Ward. Like, it definitely should have been saved, but the finish was – it was it was a pretty good finish. Jed Spence then, like, the score ooh. of that goal, by the way. He is a player. I think we could Dude, see him in the Prem so pretty soon. Yeah, there's so many youngsters at Forest that, like, are insane. That I got to see him shit on us the entire 90 minutes. So, like – we just came out super flat. I don't know if it's because we've had players come back from AFCON and just European friendlies, but like Daniel Marty is awful. Like there's a few times, like once a month, he'll put in like a really good shift, but then there's other times where he is just terrible. Like one of the worst defenders I've ever seen. And there, there was a one, we were dominating like the first like 15 minutes of the second half. Like it was one of those, it was like, it shouldn't have been 3-1. Like it all came from like stupid mistakes. But then like Ian Nacho is like, he's like probably like 12 yards out, has a clear shot at goal, but he just takes a touch and then passes it to the left to, um, I don't even remember who, to who it was. I think it was trying to get into Madison who's making a later run into the box. And it's just like, why did we just, like, take that chance? Like, why do you not just shoot? And then, like, the defensive woes are awful. And we just – it's just frustrating. And then it's, like, the first time I've, like, somewhat questioned Brendan Rodgers because, like, there there has to be something you can do so we don't give up four to fucking Nottingham Forest – like, 
that is terrible. Like, I understand, like, injuries, and, like, we plan to have, like, Sayuku healthy all year, which hasn't happened. Fofana to play at least one game, and Johnny Evans to play more than two games this season. Like, it's just, it's frustrating, and it's just... Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he got sacked before the end of the year, depending on how we finish out the season, but it is... It was probably the most frustrating game I've seen in a while. Nottingham have now beaten the last two FA Cup winners. Yeah. It's annoying. I guess they have, eh? Yeah, I I was just going to say, like, I seem to remember, and I, this is going back quite a ways to what you were saying, but I seem to remember that Daniel Amarty, isn't he another one of these players that y'all signed to be a central midfielder that's ended up having to be converted to a center back? Like, because I seem to have yeah. recollection of him being a central midfielder I think you're right Copenhagen I think and I kind of I just looked to see when I feel like I remember him playing midfield for Leicester a couple times yeah I didn't realize that he joined Leicester in 2016 like he's he's been been there for six years almost which I was he has a he has a winner's medal oh Oh, did y'all sign him in January yeah Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. But, I don't know, it's just, it's it's frustrating. Like, we don't have a defense right now. And I don't really understand why we didn't start Casper either. Like, I understand we started Ward in the Cup against Watford. And, like, he usually starts in the Cups for us. But, like, I don't understand. Like, Ward made, like, a couple pretty bad mistakes, too. And only one of them led to a goal. Like, the other ones are very lucky that they didn't. It, yeah, it was just, uh, it was pretty awful. I haven't seen us play that bad since um, I first started watching Leicester and we were bottom, so that's exciting. Uh, I don't think there's any shame in losing Nottingham. <laughs> I think uh, I think we all get one, you know, or two. Like uh, shame for winning a championship club. Maybe, maybe yeah. Maybe a little. Maybe 4-1. Now, another club that's in the same club as you guys is losing to a championship club is Man United. Uh, yeah, at least like we've been like, Premier League club for like eight years-ish. Then they've been one for like But you've 100. won a league more recently than United or Arsenal, so, you know. Because we're mean, running my recently. Hey, I mean, it is what it is. But yeah, United out on penalties to Burrow. Uh, Ronaldo missed a penalty in the in uh, what am I trying to say? Not extra time, regular in regular the game. Time? Yeah, yeah, in the game. Um, yeah, the and Burrow some goal controversy three. over the Burrow goal as well. Yeah. Josh, what did you think about that? that was, I think I was a, yeah, that's a handball. Like that, that's pretty bad. <laughs> I would say so too, but then technically the rules do say that if there's now the rules, well, I've, you know, rules, schmules, I guess, but now that the rules have been updated since whatever season it was that they changed it, like an accidental handball in the buildup is no longer cause for disallowance, but I thought it was, I think that I only if you, it's only if it's like, uh, intentional, I think. they were talking about it before penalties, and they 
they were saying something about it being like even if it's like unintentional like it's i don't remember exactly Uh, but i think i mean they definitely changed it at some point because there was that one in the newcastle spurs game the the really ludicrous one on eric dyer that uh well no that was actually that was something completely different i don't know nobody knows what the rules are that's the bottom line nobody knows what the rules are and the like, Prem and FA Cup rules like might be different. I mean, it's it is possible, which would be stupid, but it is possible because I know in certain rounds of the FA Cup they don't have VAR. I mean, now they do obviously because everyone's like, well, most of the clubs in have VAR equipped like, at the stadiums. But... Oh, we didn't yeah, have I think VAR. It just, I think it just depends on where the game is being held. Yeah. Yeah. It's, see, I mean, like, the club... what is that? That's like not even. There's not even parity in it in the own the competition's own rule set so yeah i would have bet my house that i don't own on uh alanga missing his pen by the way yeah he did i feel like every that and i feel like every penalty shootout in recent history that i have watched has ended with a teenager missing his pen yeah so what the the euro final in this (laughs) That one and the, I think it was Community Shield where Rian Brewster missed his against us. Oh, and then, yeah. Um, there's another one I'm, that I'm yeah. thinking of that I can't but remember. But no, I, I mean, I take your point. It's literally, like, somebody said this on Twitter too, like, penalties are literally not about skill. It's about, like, if you can handle the pressure or not, like, in that yeah. big situation. Because you can practice them all day long, but when you actually get up in front of that massive crowd, especially, like, the Stratford end, like... Yeah, I mean, you just gotta cope with the. Problem. Yeah. Admittedly, they did. It's not even like they had him going in the first five though. He went like eighth, like ninth. Round, they were yeah. just yeah, they were just really deep in. It was just it's unfortunate. These, so. I don't know what the deal is with United and like their penalty shootouts. No goalkeeper can make a save. Like, because <laughs> it happened in the in the Europa League final too, where literally every pen was scored up until the last one. The borough keeper got. Some fingers to Ronaldo's pen. I thought he was going to get the double. I thought he was going to save uh, Ronaldo's penalty. I know. I he was too. That but was no, no keeper was saving that penalty, though. He absolutely hammered uh, that. There was one where it got kicked right under Dean Henderson. It was like the second one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I remember, I remember him like smashing the ground. There was a, yeah. Well, there was another one on the burrow keeper that he like just slightly jumped over. Yeah. Uh, it happened a few times. Yeah. I gotta say, every time I've watched a penalty shootout, all the center backs have had great penalties. Yeah, I know. like Slabhead is is great, and then I guess Sol Bamba is he's a center back. Penalty right? was unbelievable. He, he yeah. Shot his and for the game, that he has zero touches. Zero touches, yeah. Except for um, and then I get, I mean that, and then <laughs> <laughs> my favorite player. Yeah. They're not the only uh, Prem club that had, like, issues at the weekend. West Ham, they yeah. beat Hartley Pool. No, it took Harriers. Kidderminster, yeah. Sorry, uh, mixed them up. But non-league, 6th um, division Kidderminster Harriers. It took a, not, an injury time and then, like, 123rd minute to beat them. That is heartbreaking for... How, by the way... I'm going to do this because I shit on Arsenal for this all the time, and this is West Ham, so I'm going to shit on them too. What the hell is Declan Rice doing? 
scoring a 91st minute equalizer and then doing a Michael Jackson dance in front of the away fans? Are you out of your fucking mind? Like, have some respect. You absolute moron. I don't know. It just that that really irritated me. This to be hey, at least to ours me, was against a prem team. Yeah, I know. Like, and, and nobody like nobody was doing a stupid dance. At least you were going like bonkers. It was a knee slide. Like, yeah, yeah. But Declan Rice, just what? What? Get up! What are you doing? Well, I was just gonna say I don't really care that he celebrated like that. I just think it, he, if he's gonna do it, he needs to do it good. It didn't look good. It looked goofy. Yeah, I well, also imagine. Doing the moonwalk in fucking cleats and on like grass. Well, he, he, he didn't even he did do like the moonwalk. He did like the nut grab thing. Like, oh, I, I just see. generally dislike dance celebrations. Yeah. I think keep it classic. I do too. Rile up the fans a bit. Doing the L against Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I heard that. That is my personal favorite celebration. Um, yeah, well, my personal favorite is Antonio doing oh my, the, the suck me off against y'all. So at the, it was the first uh, first loss at the new stadium, and it was yeah, that was yeah. what he did. Yeah, that's funny. I hate Mikhail Antonio, but well, no, it's like it's like I hate him, but I don't hate him at the same time because he's just like yeah, you just hate him when he plays against y'all. Yeah, exactly. He's a hard person to hate just because, like, he's dealt with, like, some stupid shit in his career. Yeah. Like, the yeah. fact that he has to play for Jamaica is horse shit. Yeah. I, I don't know how he's never gotten an England call-up. Yeah. I think that's ridiculous. Yeah. But especially, but like, weekend... especially like when they had there, – there was a time, like, in the 2016 Euros. I mean, True Jordy has a legendary video about that. I mean, I'm pretty sure Jordy even mentions Antonio. Like – why was Roy Hodgson in 2016 playing Jamie Vardy at right wing instead of like calling up an actual winger like Mikel Antonio? Like I would like to defend, he didn't play that bad at right wing. Okay, like, he but, wasn't terrible. But I you know agree. Who they were playing at striker was... at that time? Wayne I Rooney. Mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, and Harry Kane and Jamie Vardy were like. Pushed out to the wings or put, pushed to the Rooney bench. Was, I thought Rooney. I thought Rooney was at the ten at that point. I'm pretty sure that Hodgson played him at striker in that campaign because that was when Kane was on corners and like <laughs> there was just lots of stupid, stupid decision making. But well, let me. I've got a good of... transition. I got a good transition. So actually, what the only Premier League game this oh, weekend yeah. was was Roy Hodgson's first game as Watford manager against Burnley and uh, take awesome. a wild guess what take a wild guess what the score was no no <laughs> it yeah. was terrible i watched like 15 minutes of the second half and was like no i'm not wasting my it was it was awful well you know the funny thing is that i saw this stat on twitter and this might not be true but i think it is um, cuz it's Watford and Roy Hodgson but Watford hadn't kept a clean sheet since February of 2020. <laughs> no, I think true. that is true, that actually. And the fact that they got their first Roy Hodgson game, they get and one. And it was a nil-nil. Not a win. Yeah, he's, but a he's popping off about that for sure. I know. Roy was That's doing crazy. Roy yeah. was doing the Michael Jackson dance on the sidelines oh when he got the He was doing that all Fortnite hell. <laughs> that is insane that they got promoted and didn't keep a single clean sheet. Yep. Well, no, no, no. Like in the is... Premier League clean sheet, dude. Not 
Oh, I thought it was like all competition. No, no, yeah, no. that'd be kind of ridiculous. I don't think you could. I don't think you could get promoted and not keep a single clean sheet. I don't think that would be possible. But I, I mean, okay, mathematically you could, but I don't think it's ever happened. I would put an inane amount of money on that never happening. If it, well, anyway, if it has, the, we'll figure it out at some point. But well, other than the game being zero zero, I could just let me give you a fair warning to the Watford fans. You're going to be expecting a lot of those zero zeros because you're not going to score any goals under Hudson. It's honestly better than what they had, to be honest. I mean, yeah, not that Ranieri's a bad I mean, manager, be... but it's just Watford. <laughs> I mean, it might be the, the big Sam tactic when he was with us. You just keep getting a draw and yeah. get it safe. You know, 38 draws would probably keep you up in today's Premier League. I'm just saying. So yeah. It could be a viable strategy. This weekend strategy. was a very like, disappointing results. Like, just like there wasn't a lot in the FA Cup. Like, because there I, is one. I, are you gonna... Bournemouth lost to a League 2 team. No, no, no. They're non-league. Or a non-league team, non yeah. Non-professional, even. Yeah. Classic Borum Wood with a 1-0 victory over Bournemouth. Bournemouth, 86% possession, by the way. Um, That's still good. lost. Yeah, normally, like, during the FA Cup weekends, especially during, like, the fourth or fifth round, I'll just, like, scroll through at, like, when, like, each game's at about, like, 60 minutes and be like, okay, I'll watch this one. This one's close. And there was, like, one... It was very, like, just a boring weekend. And then Cadiz, Cadiz had a very... Cadiz what? <laughs> they played Mallorca, and they... Mallorca it's are out question. of the relegation. Answer the question. We're going foreign for a minute. So, <laughs> Mallorca are 17th, and Cadiz are 18th. And Cadiz, like, they had, like, it's actually, like, a crazy goal. I never found it to send it in slap. But they had a crazy goal. And then there were two penalties in the same game, and both were terrible calls. And, yeah, that was frustrating. And then Venezia lost to Napoli, and now they're in the relegation zone, but they have a game in hand. So it was a it was just a poor weekend for, like, the teams that I've watched this season, and just it was bad. Yeah, I don't know if we've Very ever clarified this on the show, but Josh is, like, a closet Cadiz fan and a closet Venezia fan. Like, just be... Like, I think, we, I think I've, talked about, I've talked about it last week because we talked about, like, the Prem being the best... Oh, uh, yeah, well, league. we talked about the Americans, too, on Venezia. Yeah, so, oh, so neither of them, Busio played. Yeah, Busio came on as a sub in, like, the 70th minute. Stop <laughs> it! You're throwing D's and Busio at me. That's the name! This is, like, the most... <laughs> anyway... <laughs> uh, Busio came on in like the 70th minute. He didn't look awful against Napoli. Venezia were basically playing just pretty far at the back. Tanner Tussman, I am kind of a fan of. I don't know if he'll ever break into the starting 11 for the national team. But I don't think he'd be a bad sub to have if people go downers have like in the deep subs in like a World Cup if we ever make another one. and We're going to make it. We're going to make it. 
Yeah. <laughs> Tanner Chessman is a really good utility player because he can play anywhere in the midfield. He can play like any of the positions at the middle and he can play out wide like semi decently. Um, it was weird seeing Sergio Romero and David Ospina starting goal for. Excuse me, sorry, I got like a little itch in my throat. It was weird seeing Ospina and Romero starting goal for the two teams. That was kind of just like a really weird experience. Wait for who, who's on who's on where there? Sorry, Sergio Romero is Venezia's goalkeeper, really? and then Ospina is Napoli's goalkeeper. Oh, Napoli! I thought you were saying he was Cadiz's goalkeeper, and I was like, what? Cadiz's goalkeeper. I don't oh know yeah, he's name. he's the Napoli. Yeah, yeah, I, I knew he was a Napoli, but I just wasn't putting that together for some reason. Is insane he has the most saves of all la liga keepers this year and he makes some like outrageous ones and you can't even bother to tell us his name i i'm sorry i'm really bad about that like <laughs> knowing people's names i'm on frantically the looking watch. ledesma yeah ledesma jeremy ledesma yeah. Yeah, so he has the most saves out of any La Liga goalkeeper. Like, some of them were, like, outrageous. And one player, Takafusa Kubo for Mallorca. Oh, he's, on uh, from, he's on loan. He's on loan from Madrid. Yeah. Real Madrid. I said that. <laughs> you cut out. No, you cut out. Not. Okay. Well, I did. I cut out. Oh, I apologize. Calm down. My bad. <laughs> But he has looked – he looked really good. Like, as an inverted forward or even, like, staying out on the wing, he was he was pretty decent. It was it was kind of fun to watch. But, um, yeah, that was my uh, international football. So not a whole lot of Americans this weekend, but a whole lot of Americans the weekend before. You're going out of order. So we're going to talk slide. I forgot the word. I apologize. <laughs> the USA-Canada game and then the US-El uh, Salvador game or Honduras? Honduras. Uh, well, we played Honduras, both, yeah. but the second one was Honduras. So the Canada game, I think I'm the only one who watched it, so I'll give you the down and dirty real quick. So it was like... What are you going to give us? <laughs> it was... It was just frustrating. We were missing like that final third, and Canada are so fast on the break, which is why they're so good right now. It's like they're just so hard to defend against because you just get sucked in. It's like a normal counterattacking. Excuse me, style of play. So that was just frustrating. And then the. The El Salvador game, that's pretty much all it is about Canada. Like, there wasn't, like, a whole lot of, like, tactical nuances. It was basically, like, every other U.S. game the past year. Like, slowly paying it, like, through the middle, trying to get it down the wings and get to the players who are good at keeping the ball at their feet, overlapping runs with the fullbacks. And, but those overlapping runs with the fullbacks, like, bit us in the ass because we didn't have Weston McKinney to, like, make those final runs into the box or cover when shit hit the fan and Canada were on the break. So that was frustrating. Then going into the El Salvador game, that venue choice was a 
I still am not a fan of having it in like Minnesota in the middle of the winter because of the conditions. But El Salvador, I, they had their home game against Honduras or whoever it was. I don't remember. I'm going to be honest. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. But basically, their game before, it was like almost 90 degrees, and the game in Minnesota was like eight. Yeah. Like, they oh, didn't yeah. come I out. I saw, after- like, it was like the. I saw some stat about whenever El Salvador went to play Canada in Toronto, it was like. It had been like 30 years since they played a game when it was below freezing outside or something. Some kind of insane yeah, stat insane. like that. Like they didn't come out till for after halftime until like the absolute last second. Yeah, I bet, dude. Like about to get like, uh, about to get like yellows for like all, I don't know how that works. I think it's like yellows for like the manager and some the like, captain. I don't know how it works. But yeah, it was basically like last second, like get everybody like the fuck out and get them on the pitch. It was kind of crazy to watch. I mean, I bet the American boys were cold too. <laughs> oh, they were like the goalies were like everybody's wearing like neck gaiters. <laughs> yeah, Matt Turner had was like ninja mode. Yeah. Oh yeah, there were like four or five of them that had like the neck gaiters on. It it looked miserable. Yeah, that's kind of it. So. We are in, we're in good shape for top four. I we're in second we're, still. Yeah, we're in decent shape to. This I think is, we're tied we're, with Mexico uh, on yeah, points. Yeah, we're ahead on goal difference and head to head, so we're chilling for now. But the, we're good on top four unless Jamaica make like a stupid run or Panama do. But I think Jamaica's mathematically out. I. Th- Actually, no, they're not, but they might as well be. Yeah, yeah unless they Don't make we have like a... games against both of them, though. No, we have we a have... game against Mexico and Panama. But this this round in March and of Costa three Rica, games is but... the this round of three in March is the last the last of the octo- oct- octagonal, and it gotcha. It's uh so it's pretty important. Honestly, and I think. I think as long as we beat, as long as we get, I honestly think all we need is four points from these three games, because all all the teams below us, like all the teams that we're playing are third, fourth, and fifth, and we're second. So if we beat one of them, we basically guarantee our place in the top four. And if we draw with one of them, that means they're not winning that game. So that also helps. And the other one can just be a freebie. I think we're honestly probably four points away from being in. We, I think it is four points. I think that's like mathematically oh, with like who we're playing. I think mathematically, if we get four points and like who we're playing, <clears throat> but I don't know. I really don't want that playoff spot because New Zealand aren't great, but having to fly like across the world. Is it Oceania now? I'd really like Asia. if we could make a push for. Uh, it gets rotated. Oh. Sorry, Priest. I said I'd really like if we could make a push for first. We probably needed to win that Canada game, but, I mean, it's still doable. Do not give a fuck about first. It is doable, but Canada would have to lose pretty much all three of their games, assuming. I don't really care about first either. It would just be nice (laughs) compared to last time. Canada's kind of the surprise story here, really. 
Like, I mean, I mean we they knew are, they, they were going to be go good, through, but I didn't think we knew they were going to be this good. I mean, they had to go through, like, the first qualifying round, yeah. which is, like, super um, I think I mentioned but, it off podcast, but in terms of FIFA rankings, Canada is the team that has had the most dramatic increase uh, in their I'm not FIFA rankings. I mean, they they are the only thing stopping them from being mathematically qualified is the fact that you can't technically mathematically qualify someone on goal difference. But it would require like a 16 goal swing for them not. To, it would require them to lose all of their games and a 16 goal swing for them not to qualify automatically. Like, so they're they're basically in. Which is I wouldn't I will, have said they would be at the start of this. No, because they they haven't made it since they said it this weekend. Oh, two, I think last week. Yeah, so like it's I think it might even be farther back than that. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but they like I will root for Canada if it helps us win and when it gets to the World Cup, I'll root for Canada. And well, I we're not going to be in well. their group, so I mean. Yeah. No. So like, I mean, like right now, like yeah, depend, yeah. Like I won't. Yeah. Like if it benefits us, I'll root for it. I want to see who they're but... playing. Okay. Well, the good news for us is that they have a game. They their three games are Costa Rica, Jamaica, and Panama. So that those helps us out pretty Rica nicely. Assuming that they those win are... at least one of the games against Panama and Costa Rica, that helps us out pretty nicely. Yeah. So especially if it's Costa Rica. Yeah. Yeah, and I think um yeah. I'm gonna be in class go game. I am so sad. What? I'm gonna be in class for the Mexico game. Oh when is it? I don't even know when it is. Wednesday. I think it's a Wednesday at like six thirty. Oh, it is a Wednesday. I'll Kickoff be time is T B D but Oh, I thought they had already um i don't know google says it's dvd but it's in mexico which is always we never we've won once there in like 45 years or something insane like that but i was talking to my roommate because we watched some of the Concacaf stuff together because his family his stepdad's cousin is the el salvador goalkeeper oh wow <laughs> that's kind of cool so like we've watched some of the Concacaf stuff it actually like, when we were learning about standard deviation in my stats class, I had to like go back and reteach myself because we were watching like three of the games at once. But um, now we were we were talking about it, and we both um, who's the bald dude with the goatee for Mexico? I have no idea. The right back, the right back who's just a jackass. I know you're talking about. Uh... I, I don't have know. no idea, dude, honestly. <laughs> Ethan knows who I'm talking I'll about. I'll do a quick look up I... and see if I can find who you're talking about. But... I th- I you said bald and goatee, and I was like... Yeah, like the dude who, like, I hate watching him play against the U.S., but literally any other team I love watching him play just because he's so aggressive and it just works. Hold on, let me look it up. Somebody else fill the, fill the dead space. Uh, I mean, basically all I have to say is that the U.S. is at least, barring an insane run from Jamaica, which, let's be honest, will not happen, um, we're at least guaranteed a playoff spot. And as much as I malign the U.S., I would at least back us to beat New Zealand. I know they're actually not a bad team, but I would at least back us to beat New Zealand. Luis Rodriguez. I honestly don't even think I've heard of him. (laughs) 
you definitely have look him up and you if when you see the picture it'll it'll click i actually think when we well if we make it to the world cup <laughs> i'm still gonna say yeah. until it actually happens um whoever we get in the group i think our tactics and the way that the u.s t- tends to play will actually work better against better teams if that makes sense like it'll put us more at risk to concede but i think we'll be able to score a lot more against teams that aren't blockaded in front of their six yard area yeah i think it depends on it, who we have at striker but i well, think yeah, josh but i i like peppy but i don't know how well he fits the system i also don't know if he's ready for that yet i mean he's good obviously don't get me wrong but i don't know if he's ready to come up against one of these big teams that's inevitable that we will inevitably have in our group should we make it epi and sergeant also kind of function the same yeah yeah they are very similar i actually think sergeant could could would maybe be better served as like a ball winning midfielder i think his like profile actually kind of fits a ball winning midfield look i know but his finishing is not actually that good and the way his build is and the way he runs i think honestly a box-to-box midfielder is not out of the question for well now it's out of the question but if he had been developed properly as a box-to-box midfielder i honestly think he might have been a better player than he is at striker i think if we you i think he'd be really good in the hold-up role because he is like stronger than he looks okay so you shit on me for saying he might be a good box-to-box midfielder and then you come up through the oh or do you mean hold up like striker or holding midfield oh i mean a hold up striker. Did i okay. say holding midfield? no no you actually said hold Not up role, but i just my sorry wires I, that's, what, that's <laughs> what we like desperately need right now is having a whole a whole a striker that can hold up play and allow the wingers to get like in the box yeah. and ideally who and, is like, not named that's actually zardes. something yeah i was about to say that's something zardes does really well i just don't like him yeah i just don't think he's very good i i mean i'm sure he's a i think he's guy, good at but... holding the ball up yeah that's about it i don't think he could hit the side of a barn door with a beach ball unfortunately but um there's your very token texas expression for the day <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I think all things considered, the U.S. are pretty well positioned uh, to qualify for the World Cup. And these round of matches in March are going to be a pretty good judge of where we're at, I think, because Mexico and Costa Rica are two pretty competent teams, I would say. So it's going to be interesting to, to take a look at how we do. Yeah, I think to round out international, congrats to Senegal for winning AFCON. Yes. Spurs legend, Pepe Matar Sar winning his first trophy with the club and it's AFCON Nam plays Mendy in the squad oh yeah he was he actually he started. started in the yeah he's not a bad holding midfielder not a great center back uh, but not a bad holding midfielder well yeah he's like 5'8 <laughs> how much you want to bet he's played a game at center back for y'all before he actually hasn't. We don't. We have okay. not succumbed to that. Okay, fair enough. Sumare and Ndidi play center back. Okay. I honestly was just making a bold assumption that any central midfielder with any type of defensive capability has played a game at center back for Leicester City Football Club at some point. Chowdery. Chowdery. See, 
I'm saying Chowdhury wasn't that bad. Like, I don't know how, but he wasn't shit. I, I really don't know how. Speaking of uh, holding midfielders that have played center backs for their club, uh, Mo El Nini in the uh, AFCON team in the tournament. Bro, Egypt were terrible, though. Like, they, they were watching the other games. I just saw that he no, made. I, I, I didn't either, but I watched a lot of the highlights, and Egypt are horrific. They're like the most anti-football, like Jose Mourinho looking ass team I've ever seen in my life. Dude, it was kind of like I watched some of the highlights too. It kind of looked like when Portugal won the Euros. Like you they know didn't what's do funny it about they... that? I'm pretty sure it's the same coach. I'm like ninety percent sure that Carlos Quiroz was the coach of Portugal when they won the Euros. I might be absolutely yeah. tripping ass, but I think. Because Portugal, Portugal weren't like good, like at almost like any point in the Euros. Never mind, I'm an idiot. He was Portugal manager until 2010, and then he was Iran manager for eight years. Iran, they already qualified, did they? They yeah, ju- or they just world. qualified? Yeah, because Asia is getting to the end of theirs as well. Yeah, but yeah, uh, he was. It's uh, he was a direct disciple to Jose Mourinho at certain points throughout his career, so it makes sense that Egypt are absolutely brutal. Also, the penalty shootout in the final, Salah was supposed to take the fifth penalty, but didn't it didn't take one. get that far. Um, yeah. So I saw there was a big discourse on Twitter about how your best penalty takers should always be first fifth. instead of fifth. Yeah, that Spurs have always done that, and we've had a pretty okay record in shootouts actually. So Kane always goes first for Spurs. Yeah. I think we've always had our best people go first, like Aubameyang or Lacazette. Kane is also just about the only player at Spurs that could take a penalty. So, Delhi actually was not bad either, but Sun famously is not very good at penalties. So I hope he does well at Everton. Speaking of transfers. No, no. I hope he no, does. no, no. We'll get to that after the quiz. Bad. <laughs> I, I honestly forgot the order. And no, no, I know. Like, I, just, I, have a whole, like, I have a whole monologue devoted to Delhi this episode, so... I want to talk about him later, but yeah. Well, speaking of the quiz, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back with the quiz. I'm going to actually tell you what the quiz is first so that you can start thinking of answers. And then I'm going to take a bathroom break and then we're going to come back (laughs) and do the actual quiz. So today's quiz is the top 10 assist getters in Premier League history all time. And I guarantee, oh, God. I guarantee you know all the players on the list. And I'll I, don't worry, there'll be hints and stuff. But this is why I'm telling you now, so you can start writing people down. So Bruh. we're gonna go to this break, and then we're gonna return for the quiz. All right, we'll see you soon. And we're back, and it's time for the quiz. So you know the rules, gentlemen. We're gonna go around one by one. If you have a guess, say it. If you don't, you lose your turn. And if you're right, you get a point, and if you're wrong, you don't. And the way we're going to decide who goes first is we're going to have each of you tell me what you think the record is for the most assists in Premier League history. And I'm talking, like, number number of assists. And whoever's closest gets to go first. Just throw one out there. I went first last time. We're not playing. 120. Okay, Ethan's got 120. 121. <laughs> You're not even trying. 19. Oh, wow. Reese I'm not going to do that. You... I'm going to go with uh, 
With uh, 112. Yeah, Reese, you went the wrong way, but sorry. Josh Josh is going to take that one. It's actually 162, by the way. Okay, the record. no bullshit. Like, that's actually, I was guessing around 160. Like, in my you head. Should've, like, you should have been a dick. <laughs> you did it last week. Don't start with that you, bullshit. You, I mean, yeah, so let's begin. Josh is going to get to go first because he's the closest. Um, then we'll go Ethan and then Reese, which works out nicely because that's actually clockwise from how I see it on my screen. So, how beautiful. Josh, your time Lampard. begins now. Lampard. Yes. Lampard. Ethan. Okay. Uh, I, I'm i pretty sure he's – he might be the number one. Is it Giggs? It is Ryan Giggs, and he is number one. Okay. Yep. Those halftime – presentation uh bird camp yes wow good shout i didn't think you would go for that first good one yeah i didn't even think i didn't even think about that david silva another great shout yeah he's on the list he's on my list gerard gerard is on the list de bruyne de bruyne is also on the list you guys are crushing it right now Uh, i've got three left on my list We'll spray him, bud. Got four Gary as well. Neville. Are you out of your mind? <laughs> Dude, what? <laughs> he's not even... I, I looked at, like, the top 100 just to see, and he's not even in the top 100. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's nowhere close. Yeah. Ethan? Uh, let's go... Let's go Rooney. Rooney's on the list. Yes, You're he's on, on my list as well. Let's go. Number three, by the way, Wayne Rooney. I figured he played so long. Go with Henri. He's not. He's the one that I said was like so before, just before we came back, I said there's one on the list that's like glaringly obvious, but he's not on the list. Ian Wright. It's not Ian Wright. It's not a bad shout. I'm not going to fillet you for it, but it's really not a bad shout. How many have we gotten? Just. You have three remaining. Okay. One of them is pretty difficult. The other two I think you should be able to get. I have three guesses, and I'm not confident in any of them. Yeah, I have my I have two guesses written down, and I've put five question marks next to both of them. <laughs> uh, let's go Hazard. He's not. He is close, Ooh. though, actually. So, Reese. <sighs> okay. We're down to question mark time. Yeah. Mesut Ozil. No, and I didn't see him in the top 100, but I feel like he probably is, and I just missed him. Not a bad guess, though, to be honest. Oh, this is going to be awful. Paul Scholes. He's Paul another Scholes. one that I thought probably should have been, but no, he's not either. Not a bad shout, though. David Beckham. David Beckham is on the list! What a shout by oh, you! My. Yes, what a shout by Ethan. He pulls two clear, so that means one of you is going to have to get both of the next ones to tie. Okay. <laughs> All right, Reese, who's your last guess? This is the last Mark guess King? I have written. Yeah. It's the last guess I have written down, period. Um, this is on here because he was around for a billion years, and I'm going with Juan Mata. It's not. It's not, but that's not a bad shout. That's an insane shout. That is a, that's wild. That's a pretty wicked shout. You've got two left here, Josh. 
you could be making big money plays if you get one of them. It's another guy who's been around in forever, but just the role he plays, Bobby Firmino. It's not, but again, not a horrible shout. Ethan can seal it. Yeah, he can. I'm going to guess him because he, he did a lot when he was in the prim, but he left like not too long. Is it Ronaldo? It's not. Not? No. Okay. He That's His weird. stats in the prim are actually a lot lower than you would think because he really wasn't there that long. Like he's not yeah. even in the 100 club for goals. Yeah. But so I will say, I mean, I'm, I'll give one hint here. You guys are really on the right track for someone that has been around for a billion years. No. No. Can I ask if they're still around? No. Or is that too much? That's too much. No, as in they're not, or you won't tell no, me? No, as in I will not tell you. Okay. Okay, I was thinking of somebody, and then you said that, and I'm thinking of them more, and I think I'm so wrong, but... Leighton Baines. It's not, but again, what a shout. It's a GC one. I have a feeling that one of these is a striker. And since he was around for a billion years... Nope, nope, no, 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 what have I done? Uh, fuck. I was gonna guess Peter Crouch. I was like, he's been around for a billion years. I don't know. That's a terrible guess. (laughs) I'm running dry on guesses here. You're about to be running dry on time. I'm about to skip your ass. I said Peter Crouch. Just take my guess away. Ethan? You said longest player who's not playing anymore, so I'm gonna instantly look at Gareth Barry. It's not Gareth Barry, but I didn't necessarily play. He didn't say he's not playing anymore. Okay. I thought you did say he wasn't playing anymore because you asked. No, I I I asked and he said no, and then I said no as in no, or no as in you won't tell me, and he said no, Uh, I won't tell you. No, I didn't even think about that. I, um, let's see. I will try to give some more hints. Um, but I... One of them is really hard to give a hint without giving... Actually, both of them, it's really hard to give a hint. Okay, uh, here's this. these are good hints. Both of these players are central midfielders who are still playing. One of them is in the Premier League, and one of them is not currently. One of them, I didn't even know he was still playing until I did this quiz, but he is. I think this is wrong. James Milner. It is James Milner. <laughs> I have to write that down. It is James Milner, dude. He's the one that on the list that I never thought I would see, but it is. Yeah. He has been around for a million years. I know. Oh. Those came with Leeds, Newcastle, Aston Villa, Man City, and Liverpool. By the way. I honestly don't know. Well, I'm gonna skip you because you're out of time, Ethan. To That's seal fair. the deal. Yeah, I don't know. Skip me. Okay. So, by the way, this guy is second all time in assists. What I'm now going to do is I'm going to, I mean, delay and discord kind of violations provided for. I'm going to give the hint that will probably give it away. And then you're all going to just have to shout and scream. (laughs) And if we need to, we'll go to a VAR review. The hint that I have for you is that he played for two clubs in the Premier League, Arsenal and Chelsea. Uh, 
I might have to go to VAR for that. What did y'all say? Fabregas. Actually, it doesn't it matter made, because but... they both said it, so that means Ethan wins because Reese is the only one who could yeah. have tied it. But I'm going to give both of you half a point on that because you said it at like the exact same time. I was already thinking of a Chelsea player, and then you mentioned Chelsea, so I was still thinking them even though I knew it was wrong, and I couldn't get it out of my head. Who? I was thinking about Pedro. Oh, uh, that's not a. I mean, he, I, I just don't think he was there long enough. But it's really not a bad, bad thought. Yeah, Cesc Fabregas, second all-time Premier League assists. So for any, oh, yeah, that makes did sense. Did you say his first name? Sorry, did you say his first no. name? No. Yeah, Josh. What does it matter? Josh was two behind you, and you started. Oh, saying I know. I was just Cesc gonna say at the same time. Like, I know. Oh, I know. I was just gonna. If he wanted the point, he could have it. I mean, I wouldn't. I was gonna ask you if I could have the points since you are. Sure, won. I'll give the point to Josh. You could, you could have it, yeah. But that means Ethan wins four to three to three. Shout out to Ethan with the most clutch oh. shout of David Beckham. That was the one that I wasn't sure if anybody was gonna get either. He was my second. He was my second guess. I broke down. So I'm sad you took Rooney. I wanted to guess Rooney when I guessed Henri. Yeah. I was I'm shocked that Henri's not on this list. He's close, obviously, but I'm shocked that he's not in the top yeah. ten. So for any who's curious, I'm I'll just read them in order quickly. So Ryan Giggs is first with 162 assists. Cesc Fabregas is second with 111. So like nobody's even close to Giggs. And then just going down from there, we've got Rooney third, Lampard fourth, Bergkamp fifth, David Silva sixth, Gerard seventh, Milner eighth, and then uh, tied at ninth are David Beckham and Kevin De Bruyne. Well, I mean, it's one. crazy. Like the 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 tied ninth uh, highest assisters both have eighty, which is not even half what Giggs has. So yeah, that's pretty mental. He was also another one that was around for was, a million. He played years. for like twenty five years or something insane like that. But yeah, well, well done to Ethan. Um, pretty enjoyable quiz, I think. I, I, it was very interesting looking it up. I had another look just to see, by the way. I really like the the whole 100 club thing with Premier League goals. I really like following to see who's the closest to breaking in. The th this is just your trivia for the day. This has nothing to do with anything. but um, The three closest players to breaking into the 100 club right now that are still playing in the Prem, uh, the closest is actually Ronaldo with 92 goals. Um the second closest, hilariously, is Christian Benteke with 86 goals. <laughs> I hate that. That is horrible. And the third closest is actually Sun. Sun Heung-min with 78 goals. Yeah, I was going to guess Sun was on there. Yeah. Um, I had a feeling. And then not too far behind them is Firmino. I can't remember how many goals he has, but he has 70-something. Um, so he's actually pretty close. So, yeah, I mean... Pretty pretty enjoyable quiz. Giggs is unbelievable player. That was the worst English of my life. Um, but Giggs is unbelievable player. Uh, yeah, I feel like one of these like Twitter bot accounts that just reply with stupid <laughs> like bullshit like that under people's tweets. But um, yeah. So let's uh, move on quickly to the the silly season part of the show, which is transfer deadline day. I think anyone who hosts a podcast I like is... Motorsport I like it. What? Like, most... It is. It's... No, I, I actually said like, I like didn't you just, you, said. you just You just cut out. I can't. I said I like the motorsport reference. Oh, the silly season thing? Yeah. Yeah. I like it. It's a nice little touch. Yeah. 
Um, and I think anyone who hosts a podcast is contractually obligated by law to say that the transfer window slammed shut. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and, uh, half of our clubs did business and the other half didn't though, not for lack of trying really for palace. Um, Lester, I'm not exactly (laughs) sure what was going on, but we have, we don't have any money to spend on transfers this window. That's kind of like new sense. Yeah. So I'll start with Arsenal, actually, just because I think it's the easiest to uh, parse, I would say. And two American internationals actually came in. I don't know if you saw anything about the second one. The Austin Trusty center back from Real Salt Lake uh, signed an academy Uh, deal. Oh, nice. Yeah. And then Matt Turner, um, we talked about it last podcast, but the deal has been... I think it is done, uh, but it's for the summer. Um, yeah, it's like a pre-agreement. Yeah. Um, the more interesting topics on the Arsenal front are the outgoings, yeah. uh, because Aubameyang is gone now. Uh, and he is not just gone on loan, as the rumors uh, suggested. We um, terminated his contract, mutual agreement. Um, the and he signed agreement. for free. Yeah. Um <laughs> But, you know, as bad as it seems, because a lot of fans were upset at first, we have since collected ourselves and examined the facts. And what it, what has happened to this window is we have gotten the wage bill extremely lowered. Yeah. The other thing that has happened is we did not panic, which is a good sign, because supposedly what happened was we were in for uh, Alexander Isaac, and they came back saying you have to pay his release clause if you want him. And we said that we didn't want to spend that much money, which is very good. because it's Yeah, we it was too much. It was like upwards to 80 mil. Would have been really insane for a relatively unproven player, especially yeah. in the Prem. Um, uh, but we've already, you know, there's a few names floating around for the summer. Uh, Robert Lewin is one of them who, mm-hmm. you know, he may not be in. He may not be the first choice when people think about it, but you know he's he's English and he is proven in the prem. Um, so I think it can be boy. decent. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Um, he's been good when he has a good midfield around him. Yeah, and when he's he has. not injured, which is also yeah. kind of the thing. the The rumor right now is that we are going to have a hundred and eighty million euros, dollars, something to work with in the summer, which is is a stupid amount of money. But I think, you know, to do this rebuild at one point or another, we were going to have to get funding at least for one season so that Arteta can make some big signings, um, which is exciting, I, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I for, honestly for kind the of sake agree of the rebuild about, about the whole panic thing. I mean, I think we talked ad nauseum last show about how Arsenal do need a striker to resolve their structural issues up front. But yeah. I honestly don't think this is a bad transfer window, all things considered, because it is January. A lot of clubs aren't going to be willing to sign or to let go of their strikers at the moment. And you have a plan that can work well enough to the end of the season to at least make sure you end up in Europe, yeah. if not the top four. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Speaking I mean, of like horrible windows, I know y'all didn't have one, but like Barca's was horrible. I like, think that's a little bit harsh. 
Barcelona? Yes. I, I actually just saw, uh, I think it was like their further debuts, but like, all their signings were their best uh, rated players. And Did you see the thing the where Dembele games. made the whole bench move over to sit next to Aubameyang? Yeah. I thought that was funny. Well, like the, the Aubameyang transfer makes absolutely no sense. Like someone who I has had... It made sense in the context of Dembele was leaving and then he didn't leave. So. I, I don't. I think, and then the Traore, like, he Although it's also it's also for free. I mean, yeah, but like, eh, like what? Like, but they don't you're have trying a recognized like... striker aside from him. Like, he is their only recognized striker right now. Yeah, but Depay plays like a center forward or on the wing, so like somewhat. Yeah, I know, but still, I mean, like. I mean, I just I think it's stupid, like especially like a player who has had disciplinary issues, and you're trying to like change. Xavi's trying to change the culture of Barca, to, like less of this like superstar. I'm better than everybody else mentality. But that's to like change that. I'll be honest. I don't know because he came out with his like ten commandments, of, sure. like stuff that's like you will get that's like fined for. I mean. Yeah, sure, he came out with his Ten Commandments, and then the first manager appointed under this new era was one of their superstars. So, it doesn't... Ex- I mean, oh, yeah, it's- but it's not like... He did, he did, like, even though it was Qatar, he went and, like, managed somewhere else for more than, like, a year, and then get a job in England. Like, what we've seen with a few other, like, like Gerard and Lampard. Okay, got, Gerard like, was Rangers two- manager for three years. I'm more talking about like Lampard was at Derby for like a year. Yeah, I mean Lampard's sure. a different one, but yeah. But I just the Traore sign doesn't make like any sense to me at all. Like he, I agreed a... until I realized it's a loan. I mean, even the, with a loan, like that's still is it like a loan? you're. It yeah. is a loan with option to buy. Okay. It your club is like 1.5 billion dollars in debt. Why are you bringing in a play a winger? Who has had two goal, con- three goal contributions in the last year? Like, what sense does that make? And then, like the Aubameyang signing, like I don't know how much he's on a week, but like that, it just doesn't. Like, I understand they don't have a recognized striker, but like, why would you bring like, why would you bring someone who has had like disciplinary issues in in the middle of the season? Like, it just. I don't know. I kind of lost like all sympathy for Barca's situation. That's like the eighth time you said that, though. Like it's also for free and it's increased like who are they there's not really anybody available in December to especially strikers to be like a starting striker that Barca needs they're also completely economically insulated like like they might be 1.5 billion dollars bankrupt in debt but literally unless the region of Catalonia collapses they will never fold like they are completely economically insulated just because of how, what they stand for politically and also like the fact that football just doesn't adhere to the laws of modern economics whatsoever so they're yeah it's like business like those decisions like still don't make sense just because they can make stupid decisions like doesn't mean that they should no but it means there's a lot less consequences and maybe they might work out. I mean, it's basically a gamble. It's kind of a low risk, low reward situation. Like, I mean, I get, 
but I, I just, I mean, they, I, I don't yeah. necessarily disagree with you in principle. I just don't. I think calling it a horrible window is a little bit extreme. But I think, yeah, I think it was. And awful. no one on this planet has shat on Pierre Emerick Aubameyang more than me. Like, and I, so I, if anyone was going to call it a horrible window, it would be me. But I still don't understand like bringing him in either. Like he, he has done like he has been bad like the last year like he hasn't done like a whole lot like as an actual striker to be like oh yeah he's been decent like he is his finishing has been pretty awful for the majority of the last year maybe i mean yeah but i mean you can always say you know this i think this past year i mean i he didn't have a full season this season but like last season was his first season in like six that he didn't get 20 plus goals I'd be willing to bet that if he plays the rest of the games this season, or at least most of them, that he scores 10 goals by the end of the season at Barca. I would yeah. be willing to bet that. Yeah. I don't think he will. I mean, maybe not. I don't know. But yeah, I just think I think players like that don't ever stop scoring. Like, yeah. dude, look at Vardy, dude. I'm not saying that they're not even remotely the same, but like, as far as play style, they actually kind of are. Like, personality-wise, they're not extremely similar, obviously, but, I mean, Vardy's, like, everyone thought Vardy wouldn't be scoring, and he's, like, second in the league, and he's played, like, two games. <laughs> so, I just think players like that don't ever stop scoring. Yeah. I guess we can go to Tottenham now, uh, from from supposed bad transfer to, to pretty good business in January. Yeah. Um, we, like, January 31st, 2022 is the day that spurs went nuclear in the transfer market like literally everything imploded and exploded i feel like that's the, the that's the tottenham classic is deadline day whether it be in it, january yeah. or in uh august it really is but this is the probably the busiest i've ever seen spurs in one day like pretty insane and now spurs twitter was like absolutely having a wank fest about this transfer window and not in a good way i should clarify like they Spurs Twitter is just in utter, like, meltdown mode over this transfer window, and I don't really understand what's happening. Spurs Twitter Like, they're is, upset about the signings? Yeah, because we didn't get a right wing back, basically, is the reason they're upset. But oh. And they're upset because we missed out on Adama Traore and Luis Diaz, but neither of them are what we need, so I don't understand. I think Conte like, is quoted to being uh, to saying that Kulisevsky could play right wing back. I he think did he did say that, that, and I think I would kill myself. However, um, in a pinch, maybe we let's play our two actual right back or right wing backs in that position before we reach that extreme. I'd say. Now, Lucas is another question, but anyway, um, yeah. So we already talked about Dan Kulisevsky and Rodrigo Bentenker, whose names together combined for about forty-seven thousand syllables. Um, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> I, I won't talk too much about them because I already I already talked about how they profiled in the Brighton game. Um, However, listen to this list of outgoings, by the way. Jack Clark, Tangi Ndombele, Brian Hill, Giovanni Lacelso, and Deli Alley. The first four on loan, Deli on a permanent. Three-fourths of our 2019 transfer window, which was the biggest window in club history, are now gone, which is mental. Like, Jack, well, Jack Clark's on loan for development purposes. Okay, fine. Ndombele has been an absolute saga since he first got to Spurs with fitness and attitude problems and 
not fitting into the team and going through five managers all attempting to trust him and then throwing him out like just what an absolute saga it was and now on loan to leon with a 65 million option to buy and you are smoking crack cocaine if you think they're going to pay that in the summer um (laughs) i think that was just thrown in to save face for daniel levy uh they're not going to pay that he will be back at spurs at least temporarily for the start of next season and they'll try to shift him on for a cut price i think um and knowing spurs they'll probably fail to do so and he'll just rot in the reserves like danny rose um and then giovanni la celso who like everything just hit the fan with him like in a matter of two days it was really weird because like he he came on in the in the lester game he was the first substitute that came on and played no one said anything about him he had an okay like 20 minute cameo like nobody said anything negative about him and then like two days later it starts coming out that like no one in the club likes him and he has no friends and he's weird like like all this stuff comes out about him personally that everyone hates him at the club and like apparently he just has a terrible attitude at training and all this stuff and Conte wants him out and I like it just it literally all came out of nowhere and it just blew up um and so after all that came out you know who said they wanted him Unai Emery so he is now (laughs) joining up with the former Spurs contingent that now contains Etienne Capoue, Serge Aurier and Juan Foyth at Villarreal um uh isn't um Auckland there Auckland as well is there too yeah and Fl- uh, Flamini <laughs> was there for a while too but I think he retired yeah um so yeah what a weird thing for LaSalle so he does have an option to buy it's a lot cheaper and I think that one actually you probably will see get taken up um I think he'll probably just end up going to Villarreal on a permanent and then Delhi, man like I don't think I've ever been as sad about a player leaving in my entire life as I was about Delhi, and that doesn't even make sense. Like, because he's been he's done exactly nothing in the last three seasons, but it's just like I feel like a piece of my childhood died or something, man. Like every time I watch see anything about Delhi on Twitter or watch like these compilation videos that he put out on his social media, it just makes me want to cry, man. Like I don't know, I don't know what's going on, but it just it's like. Because he symbolized everything that was great about the Pochettino era. Like, this kid that came out of nowhere and, like, scored 20 goals in his first full season in the Premier League. And he was just an absolute shithouse. And he was a joy to watch. And, like, I just, I, he, and then, like, after Poch left, he just never was the same player again. And it's like, it's like he was the soul of the club. And, like, when he was struggling, the club was struggling. And, like he never regained form and now i mean the cl- the club is like back on the right path but it's like fully a new era now like the poch era is gone i think with delhi like delhi was kind of the last one that represented everything that poch was and i think now obviously we've still got kane and the the contingent that is re- left from the poch era right now is kane son loris dyer and davis um but those are all like players that are stalwarts of the club in general um, so I, I feel like the true Pochettino players are all officially gone, um, which does make me a little bit sad. And I think Everton is probably the worst place on earth for Deli Alley. But um, I, yeah, I would have much rather seen him go to Crystal Palace. But 
yeah, I don't know. I don't think I don't think he's gonna do too well at Everton. I don't think um, I don't think he fits into their system, and I don't think Lampard's gonna know how to use him, which is ironic because Lampard's probably the closest comparison to what Deli Ali was as a player. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's really sad. Um, so yeah, speaking of Palace though, Ethan, uh, really just a lot of missed or stolen opportunities, should we say? Yeah. Um. Man, where do I begin? I was talking so much about him in the last podcast because it was I thought it was really going to happen, but I mean it was Van reported Beek, to be done. Yeah, and Van de Beek ended up joining Everton. He stole they got or he got stolen from us, and now I just hope they get relegated. I want them to <laughs> have the worst season. That's just I ha- I hate when because literally we can never have a player in mind without having another Premier League club interested because it's usually West Ham or Everton and. And the thing about it, the deal was that um, United wanted his full wages paid, and we were only able to offer 85% in Everton, being the money bastards that they are, were able to pay the whole thing. So, yeah, I, it's so weird because they're, you know, they're we're doing a lot better than them, and their midfield is always weird. It's always like a roulette. So I just thought that was a weird destination for them. But um, in terms of players that we didn't end up signing we didn't have any outgoings i don't think we we signed mateta on a permanent um he had been on loan these past two seasons um we had an obligation to buy after if he played a certain amount but um he just started playing again and um the obligation to buy was like 15 million but we lowered it to eight which was i think is a pretty good business because roy just never played him but he looks pretty good under under vera now and um our other signing is Oh, I didn't expect out of, out of um, it was just out of thin air as uh, Luke Planch from Darby County and um, he was an Arsenal Academy player for so long but he joined Darby I think a couple years ago and um, he just started playing regularly uh, he's made about eight appearances so far this season and has scored three he's a striker and um, what we did was we asked about his availability and they gave the price tag of a million and you know, since Darby County I'm are sorry. in such... <laughs> Did I hear that? No. no. Okay, no. good. I just sneezed really loud, and I was trying to mute myself, and I didn't <laughs> reach it in time. But, um, you know, with Darby County being in such financial trouble, um, we didn't try to haggle with them. We just said, okay, we'll pay the a million. And um, we ended up sending him back on out on loan at Darby. That way he could finish the season, maybe keep up the good numbers, so... Um, I'm looking forward to that one. He seems like a good player. I've seen a few of his goals, um, the three that he did score. So, um, I I will say, I mean, a lot of our business was done in the summer, so I'm not like angry that we didn't sign more players. But um, it would have just been nice to have maybe one or two because we had a few good rumors at one point. So um, that just means I'm looking forward to the summer, really. Yeah, I think I think. I don't. I'm not a hundred percent sure what Leicester's state of affairs is, but I know Arsenal, Spurs, and Palace are all lined up to have relatively active summers. Um, um there hasn't been like a whole lot of news about it, just because we are kind of in like that trains. We're in just like a weird state of our club, where like we're past like the past two seasons have been like complete failures, based on like where we were at like certain points in the season for so long. And, like, we were, like, trying to establish ourselves in that. Now we're just trying to make sure we stay, like, top half. 
I think it might be kind of after we like won the title and we finished like 11th and then 8th and then like 7th and then we challenged for the um, for top four for two seasons. I think that's kind of where we're going to like end up in like two years, hopefully challenging for those top four spots again. But I don't know. We'll, we spent a lot of money on future players with Daka and Sumare last um, summer. So I don't know. We'll see what we're going to do. And I'm not sure exactly. We did just build, like, completely revamp our entire training facility. And our youth development has been really good. So it's, I don't know, we'll see as we get closer to the summer what we're going to do. I have a quick question because I got to thinking about this while Gage was giving his uh, Deli Alley monologue. Um, who has, the for the rest of y'all, who has been the saddest outgoing that you've seen? Mara, I mean, go ahead. Well, I actually didn't know who I was going to say, so you should probably go first. Mine would probably be between Mares and Wes Morgan retiring. Really? Oh, yeah. No Conte? I mean, Mares was, like, our best player, like, for, like, two and a half years. I was kind of sad to just see him, like, deteriorate until... Not deteriorate like quality wise, but just like slowly see that he wants to leave and then watch him go to Man City and like barely play. He'd play like a month straight at a time, two months off and then play again. Then the West Morgan one was just super sad because he's like the club captain. But it wasn't as sad because he, you know, he's still like in the club and he's like helping manage the front office. And then. I think Vardy and I think Casper is probably going to be the saddest one when he retires. Him yeah. or Vardy, or who? But yeah, that's um, probably mine. That's tough because uh, there's been a few that I it happened early in in my time as a Palace fan, like uh, Mila Yedinak and Yannick Bolasie. They both made me really love the club. Um, it was sad when Speroni retired because he had been our goalkeeper for so long. So um, I guess I hadn't really had I had a huge one yet. Probably not on the same magnitude as Delhi. So I guess the one that would probably be the saddest would be Wilf just because he's been our man. So look forward to that I soon. I think the part about Delhi that makes it like as sad is the fact that like you saw like the season like after we all got like really really into it like that was his first the year season that we almost that won just... the league yeah so like the year that we all got like really got into it like that's when he started and you've like kind of seen his at least a, a large chunk of his career progress he was so good man he was so good and like he just it just kept getting worse and worse for him as his like tactical role disappeared from the modern game and it's just like yeah i don't it just, it's soul-crushing, man. <laughs> I kind of wish that y'all would have gave Pochettino, like, a longer time. I kinda, You're telling me. I mean, I think y'all would probably have had, a, like, a two trophies by now, and Delhi probably wouldn't be on his way out to Everton. 
on what is technically described as a free transfer, by the way. Um, it's actually not because it's it's like a appearance based future fee. Basically, it's a loan, but Everton couldn't loan in another player from a Premier League team because they have Van de Beek and El Ghazi. Um, so that was awful. It's basically structured as a loan to buy, but like with weird clauses. So, but Reese, what about you? Yeah. Uh, I'd probably go Aaron Ramsey. I remember when he left, he gave like an address to the Emirates Stadium, and he was like sobbing. He couldn't stop crying Aww. when he was addressing the fans. So that one was really sad. He's a glass New um, Rangers signing Aaron Ramsey. Yeah, yeah. I saw Super that. that. That came out of nowhere, kind of. Yeah, I thought. I thought he would get a move back to the Prem. I did too. I thought he would join. Um, well, I thought he would join Newcastle, but I guess since they signed Guimaraes, they didn't really need him. Yeah. What I heard was that he was at the airport and he had three destinations to choose from. It was one um, in like the Spanish League, the Rangers, and then a Premier League club. It's like so I guess uh, we'll never know. It's like the journey on FIFA. It's like yeah, way to get bud. Like yeah. Um, I did just have a couple notable transfers to review before we end the show. Just um, a couple ones to to quickly mention. We should. Uh, Luis Diaz to Liverpool, uh, which basically means they now have five of the exact same player, essentially. Um, right. <laughs> I read something, though. Uh, I know they didn't really need him, but I read this could completely be fake. I want to preface. But supposedly, they actually, like, made, made like, contact. Like, they were interested before y'all, yeah. and they didn't like the price. Um, and then basically y'all put in a ton of work to get the price down and then they reappeared and just matched y'all's price. That's exactly what happened. And because like it had been well reported that he wanted to go play Champions League football and Premier League football. And so like when that happened, it's like all the Spurs fans were mad, but I mean, he literally got exactly what he wanted. So like it was a group, it was a group project that Liverpool uh, just put their name on. Literally, literally. Um, but yeah, and then. Um, we already talked about Adama Traore and Donny van de Beek and we brushed on Bruno Gimeres and also Dan Byrne to Newcastle um, which That's is not, so a Matt, not a bad Matt signing. Target and Matt Target yeah I forgot about that um, I think I said I don't remember if I said this or not but DeAndre Yedlin finally like somehow is finally leaving Europe like, I, I think can't you said that on the t- last show yeah that's insane to me that he is finally somehow no one in Europe. I don't know how it took this long. One of the few. Do you players think who this January for... is? Uh... Sorry, you go ahead. I was just gonna say one of the few players that's played for both Newcastle and Sunderland. Right oh. up there with. Uh... Oh yeah. What's that left back? I can't even remember. There's a left back that did well, for both. Oh, Wilson has too. What? He didn't play for Sunderland. Oh. He played for Howard Wilson. Oh, I'm thinking Jermaine Defoe. Wow. Yeah. yeah He's you actually are back Jermaine at Sunderland, Defoe. too. I just Googled Callum um, Defoe. <laughs> the best. Jermaine Defoe. Yeah. Jermaine Defoe, that is a fucking brain blast. What the heck? I mean, so do y'all think this really uh, window was good enough for Newcastle to stay up? Yes. 
I do. You do? Yeah, probably. probably. I hope not. I hope not too, but I think it is. I think it'd be really funny if they got relegated. It would be. Squad. It would be really funny. Like, and then they would all leave because I guarantee they have relegation co- uh, clauses in their contract. Probably. So, um, and then the one last one that I wanted to say that's really just a feel-good story is Christian Eriksen, um, signing yeah. for Brentford, which is really just like a perfect. It feels right. It's it's just a really nice signing. I feel like. Um, so and obviously I love Christian Eriksen to death. Um, and I'm really just happy that he's back, honestly. Um, so, and I hope he does. The well. fact that he's still alive, like that. Yeah. I can't. I'm kind of can't believe that he's playing. I'm kind of sad that we like, already had Brentford at the. We already had Brentford at home because if if he had come to the Spurs stadium, like he would have gotten one of the most insane receptions ever. So. Yeah. Maybe next season if he's still there. Because it's I think it's a six month contract with an option to extend mm-hmm. a further year. So Yeah, well I definitely just wish the best to Christian Erickson. I'm just yeah, glad to see that he's alive. He'll probably score against us when we play them. It would make my life. <laughs> um But yeah, and I hope Trippier scores against you too whenever y'all play Newcastle next. Yeah. Um, yeah it's all right they'll probably both score against us too so it's fine but yeah i think unless you guys have any any final business uh i think that's a good enough point to wrap up the show i will take the stunned silence as an absolute negative so (laughs) uh we want to say thank you as well to our good friend and friend of the show chris kuchar who is kindly uh essentially sponsored the show with a bunch of new graphics um and basically logo packages all thanks to uh his new company manifest media uh you will have heard the blurb at the beginning of the show as well uh which you know just if you ever need anything of that sort chris is the guy because he it's been absolutely phenomenal um since we started working on it and um he's also just a good guy and he's funny so um yeah shout out to chris and shout out to Manifest Media. And uh, as far as as far as that goes, gentlemen, I am really pleased to have joined you for another week, Ethan. Thank you very much. Absolutely, I'm glad we're doing this so often again. And uh, Reese as well. Thank you. And Josh, of course, Josh. We it's always an absolute pleasure when you decide to when you deign to grace us with your royal presence. They decide, like, most of it's my decision. It's mostly, like, am I going to get to sleep, like, six hours or four hours this night? I'm just giving you a hard time, bud. I... <laughs> I'm, I'm being serious, though. It is it is always a lot better when you're actually here. So we're very thank pleased you. to have you here. And the listeners, of course, we want to say thank you to you as well. Um, those of you who have made it this far, we absolutely appreciate it. And we love you all. Stay safe and stay healthy. We'll see you soon. It's a goodbye from us.